The AI revolution will be a current result of the digital revolution underway since the invention of the computer. The relationship between computing and AI is highly interlinked, with the famed Turing test of how to spot genuine AI being thought of by Alan Turing almost before computers themselves were a practical concept. Concepts of AI have been around for decades, but throughout much of the 20th century were largely mechanical men of wires like Data or C-3PO, or even the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz could loosely be defined as AI. The rewards and benefits for artificial intelligence are clear. Intelligent machines on Earth could utterly transform information and creativity in a way only similar to how the Neolithic Revolution transformed food production or the Industrial Revolution transformed manufacturing. Yet a genuine AI would in some way be more transformative than any of these things. Previous revolutions only stimulated increased efficiency in things that were already possible. It was possible to bake bread before the Neolithic Revolution. It was possible to make clothing or farm relatively intensively without mechanization before the Industrial Revolution. But the computing processes to automate intelligence is potentially more revolutionary than this. In short, there is no current way to simulate human intelligence other than by using human intelligence itself. There is no shortcut to learning to be a nuclear physicist other than to be a nuclear physicist. All the years of training and education that takes. Epistemology cannot currently be mechanised and automated. You can train an animal to be a beast of burden, but you can't train them to calculate sums or use inductive logic to pass new theories of mankind or the physical world. I mean, you can barely train humans to do that. AIs could automate the process of learning. Every computer could have a thousand Einsteins inside it. A smartphone of the future could have more intelligence inside it than existed on Earth only a few decades before. The prospects are frankly scary, revolutionary, and the reason it is talked about so much. It is just about the greatest leap forward for mankind we can think about. Perhaps it will prove more important than the great love and fear of science fiction, seeing alien life. Yet, unlike the distant prospects of aliens, AI is now here. Being able to win at chess and go, but then being able to understand and interpret quantum physics are two different things. But with OpenAI, we are more or less there. Still, ChatGPT's potentials, speaking in mid-2023, are still limited. General AI, or general intelligence, artificially, might be decades or centuries away. Who knows? The practical limitations of AI in the world today are still quite limited. From ChatGPT to Siri to self-driving cars, fraud detection for banks, supply chain management, voice recognition software, and much more. It is these applications of AI that we should be highlighting in this episode. Over the next few years, we will increasingly see the use of lots of smaller layers of AI in our general lives. 
Much artificial intelligence today is not quite true AI. It's more like machine learning. Now, the problems with AI have been well documented, and these are mostly ethical. They range from the very existential that AI robots might go around and kill everyone to the more mundane, yet still highly important. If AIs are so clever, is there any need for human employment? In this scenario, whomever owns this future AI algorithm will be able to hoard all the wealth and power for themselves. Yet, like many future technologies on this series, we are being highly speculative. General AI may never happen in our lifetime, or it could take 10 years. The effects of AI on the general economy will take effect slowly over the coming years, with more and more information services done by different levels of artificial intelligence, allowing humans to adapt and react slowly to the new and unfolding world. So where does AI start? Like all of top tier science, it seems to start with a bona fide genius. We've featured many geniuses in this series, and most of them have never invented anything in their lives. Rather, they invent the theoretical background that provides experimental inventors an ability to develop new things fitting to the latest science. Even though we've come across some of the greatest scientists of all time in this podcast, we've yet to come across the Einstein of the digital world, Alan Turing. Turing was able to develop theoretical insights into computing and then put much of his theoretical computing into use, famously in the Second World War. Yet, much of his work is still under lock and key as official British government secrets. Despite this, his work is still seen as influential enough for him to be labelled as the father of computing. Alan Turing-esque computing is still seen as a key to how computers run. His idea of a universal computer was pioneering. It must be said, with the hindsight of 70 years, that Turing had inspired generations of computer scientists long after his death. Much as Einstein pioneered a century of physics, through his theoretical insights. Turing was as important to computer science as Einstein was to physics. Einsteinian physics or Newtonian physics were the labels given to a variety of new theories and applications in physics that took hold after the respective works of Newton and Einstein. Newton's work inspired much real-world applications in many fields. The same could be said for Einstein. We should now say the same for the past 70 years of computing. We are still living in Alan Children's computing world. AI represents the fourth and last generation of a Turing-style computer. The first generation of Turing computing was the mechanical computer itself, which naturally grew more and more powerful over time as manufacturing processes were improved upon and software and easy interfaces pushed it to progress. The second generation of Turing computing was the internet, which saw the interconnecting of these computers in real time. Various softwares, like the World Wide Web, were developed to link these computers together via hyperlinks to allow for easier interconnecting of computers.
The third stage of Turing-style computing will be blockchains, which will allow for a true network of information across cyberspace. That can be digitally secure, decentralised and done through Turing-style cryptographic protection, allowing for permanence and safer connection than ever before. In effect, blockchain will allow not only for more communication like the internet, but publicly distributed records and information that is as permanent as the internet itself. The fourth and final movement of the Turing Revolution is what he is most famous for. The development of a computer which can think independently enough to pass a test that means nobody can tell it and a human apart. When the Turing test is complete, computing will have gotten to a stage where Alan Turing predicted it could go. So, for the purposes of this podcast, it is of course the last movement of Turing computing that we are interested in. The ability for computers to think for themselves in whatever way, as so to complete the Turing test, is something we'll get onto. Like Einstein's equations, which were thrown off somewhat by the development of quantum physics, Turing-style computing will probably change with the coming of quantum computers, but that is still a long way off. AI is far closer. AI has all sorts of prophetic and dystopian endings to their use. Some say AI is the last invention humans will ever need to make. Others say that AI will be a complete revolution in the job market. As artificial intelligence, combined perhaps with future robotics, takes over the world. The prospect of AI for the world is hard to imagine. Computing itself and then the internet both cause rapid changes to the world, and AI will be even more profound. Technology always has a massive impact on the world. This is always a deflationary effect. The third order of Turing computing, the blockchain, may ameliorate some of these effects, but AI may perhaps be the largest deflationary change mankind has ever seen. For the first time, knowledge will be automated and not just processes. The speed of change in the digital world is far quicker than in the real world, as I've argued a few times before. Computing had sped up the world rapidly. The digital world works at an exponential degree quicker than the physical one. By way of comparison, if hard drives were seen as a sort of reserve currency, like gold used to give currencies power, computing in relation to the dollar has exponentially deflated. Hard drives have gotten 99.9999999999% cheaper in six decades. By the same rate, if gold had deflated at the same rate as hard drives since about 1960, then all the gold ever mined would be worth about $1. The changes this has implemented have been so rapid that we've become used to just seeing the digital world increase exponentially, even as the physical world in some ways reduces in economic productivity. It should be remembered there will not be a day where AI takes over. AI is merely an umbrella term for automated digital intelligence. There are many processes to go through until we reach a general intelligence that overtakes man. 
So for a large part of this podcast, we aren't talking about a super general intelligence, but forms of digital intelligence. At present, it is most likely this process will be created through the use of algorithms and immensely clever people trying to work AI networks through processes of understanding logic and data. It is an attempt to use the mix of this logical mathematics computing power to in some ways replicate intelligence. The only problem is that it hasn't created much true intelligence yet. Pure mathematic logic can only teach you so much, no matter how much data you feed into an AI machine at the moment. Sometimes it still struggles to tell the difference between a dog and a cat, something a three-year-old could do. Our current understanding of AI will shift with the times. This is natural, as over the time the concept of artificial intelligence has changed itself. In science fiction, the original progenitors of artificial intelligence were in books like Frankenstein, and the implementation of fiction of new developments in science of electricity has changed the concept of how we think of intelligence. Samuel Butler in 1872 was perhaps closest with his idea of a Darwin of the machines. AI has always tried to follow the latest science. First it was theorised that electricity could be used to recreate a hollow image of man, though of course Frankenstein's monster is more of a pale image of man, more of a zombie than real AI. Then it was Darwin's theory of evolution that most impacted the views of artificial intelligence theorists. As the digital world emerged, more modern science fiction writers changed the concept of AI too. It was the science fiction legends of the 20th century who first raised the problem of AI, imagining a type of cybernetic recreation of man. Think the replicants from Blade Runner, iRobot by Asimov, or C-3PO and Data from Star Wars and Star Trek. But today, this type of robotic AI is less talked about. The complete victory of the internet over the physical world has meant that purely digital AIs who live in the cloud with no fixed location and a kind of all-seeing eye are the most common imagined type of AI. The logical extension of this is the kind of dictator AI, which of course is most well known as HAL from 2001 which appears to be a much more modern concept of artificial intelligence. Modern concepts of AI tend to look more favourably on the idea that intelligence will be located on a computer. This concept of AI wasn't really explored before the breakout of the internet. A technology I think that took everybody by surprise in how quickly it grew. But of course today, it is everywhere. This new type of internet AI over that of robots or droids is now the more real concern. There has never been a real chance, despite decades of robotic developments, of a robotic humanoid gaining human-level intelligence and taking over like an iRobot. The ability to create a neural network inside a functioning robotic person, as early sci-fi thought of it, never came to pass. We can barely understand the human brain, and so recreating it is still a long way off. But it seems we are progressing much quicker at imitating intelligence using big data and computer algorithms. It seems to me, if we follow 
children's concept of computing, that the safest way for AI to develop will be to develop it on types of blockchain type technology, creating something of course close to Skynet from the Terminator films. Yet it is this decentralised AI that I think will probably prove safer in the long run. AI will be more powerful through decentralised computing than one single centralised artificial intelligence. It is likely to be some form of crowd-funded, rather than simply funded by governments or corporations. Its aims will be to benefit the vast majority of humans, and it will be supported by independent nodes all over the world. And if it works, and doesn't destroy us, then the benefits of artificial intelligence should hopefully be decentralised. The prospects of things going wrong are always there. All technological revolutions are the apple from the Garden of Eden, mankind's original sin. You give up your freedoms for easier living, but cannot get your freedoms back once you've given them. We are, of course, lazy apes. But these tools we invent for ourselves are just so good, we can't say no to them once we've used them. AI will hopefully be more utopian and beneficial than most think, but we shouldn't write off dystopian possibilities. So to start, let's go through a history of AI before we get to its future. As we mentioned, the history of AI is a long one. Ideas of artificial intelligence follow the latest developments in science. Frankenstein was a novel based on an interest in the possibilities of the developing science known as electricity. It was thought, even then, that it was a possibility that you could use electricity to replicate, recreate or imitate life. Forms of zombiness, a lack of soul, that was highlighted in Mary Shelley's novel of this artificial life form who simply wanted respect for the creator of life, Frankenstein himself and it shows the danger of man playing God. Victor Frankenstein was written as a mad scientist, though history has remembered him more as a tragic figure. It was in electricity that saw the first real concepts of artificial life. Before then, the concept was of prolonging life and trying to find an elixir. Think of the philosopher's stone. Or, I guess, if you're American, that's a sorcerer's stone. The concept of electricity, which later powered the digital world, took over as a technological basis behind these more magical concepts. Magic is merely man's impossible desires, technology sees it coming true, and gradually what artificial intelligence is seen as has too developed as a concept of fiction into fact. From synthetic creations given life by electricity, to stacked computer chips inside the brain of a robotic humanoid, what you might consider an android, to AI of computer algorithms. Types of android is now a concept far forgotten in scientific circles. Robots being our new overlords is something now out of fashion. Now artificial intelligence has moved towards a concept more of an artificial intelligence being placed on top of the digital revolution. So modern concepts of artificial intelligence is largely attempted 
digitally through algorithms and big data. The hope, of course, is that this big data and algorithms can somehow create intelligence which is decoupled from the programming itself. At present, speaking in mid to late 2023, AI is still quite a way away from this type of sentient intelligence. It's more along the lines of a replication of intelligence. Man thinks playing chess is a difficult abstraction, so then he gets a computer to play chess. But what AI proves is that chess is a skill, not an intelligence. Chess and other games are among the biggest abstractions AI can handle. ChatGPT can just about replicate literature, but not much else. If you ask AI to describe the works of Mozart and Led Zeppelin, it can't yet truly understand it. It can just synthesize what has already been written. So where did genuine artificial intelligence start? Well, there is no definitive date, but always you have to start somewhere. So in this modern form of AI, we have to start with Alan Turing. Turing was undoubtedly a genius. He was to computers as Newton was to physics, Darwin was to biology, or Galileo was to astronomy. In short, he was the start of a new branch of genuine science. Newton laid down the laws of physics, Darwin did the same with biology, and Galileo did the same with astronomy. And whilst Turing might be best known for his, as much for his physical application of computing during the Second World War, he was a genuine scientist, and it's clear that his theoretical insight into computing laid the groundwork into a new branch of science. AI was developed as a concept as quickly as computing was. Indeed, I think it's safe to say that the entire point of the first generation of computing, the one we're living through, has been to get to a stage of a real artificial brain. The slow progress of the 1960s and 1970s and 1980s, where word processing and Pong were about the limits of computing, perhaps blinded us to the fact of just how long the wait to anything tangibly intelligent would be. This dream of AI is still just a dream. Parameters of this dream and the thrust of all AI dreamers circle around one article by Alan Turing called Computing Machinery and Intelligence. It is the paper that introduced the Turing test and the first substantial contribution to the field of artificial intelligence. There was still no name AI but it resulted in the first golden era of AI research between 1956 and 1974. I imagine most people are familiar with the Turing test, but here's a dictionary definition for anybody who can't quite remember. The Turing test is a test of a machine's ability to exhibit intelligent behaviour equivalent to or indistinguishable from that of a human. No AI has officially passed the Turing test as of 2023, but I think we're getting close. Turing's paper, The Birth of AI, was published in 1950, but not until 1956 did AI get the name AI. John McCarthy was a computing pioneer right at the start of computing in the United States. He invented the programming language LISP, which is still used today. LISP 
was the first computing program for commercial computing and led to a number of computing developments developed on its machine like garbage collection, laser printing, windowing systems, computer mice, high resolution bitmap raster graphics and computer graphic rendering. But for us, McCarthy was most important for an event he held in 1955. He proposed a summer camp based around his new field of computing intelligence. When asked for a name for his summer camp, he called it Artificial Intelligence. The summer camp itself had no real impact, but the name stuck. Initial AI research after the summer camp solidified in trying to narrow down the meaning of artificial intelligence. Not building a general purpose AI machine, but finding various tasks an AI machine could do within reason. This is where AI concepts like machine learning, reasoning, natural language understanding, problem solving and heuristic search begin to be introduced into AI research. Heuristic search is to use a rule of thumb called a heuristic to indicate a focus of research. The first program to use this was Arthur Samuel's program to play the game checkers in the mid-1950s. He wanted a way to evaluate board positions to estimate how good or bad a position was for a player. He used a heuristic, a basic mode, to try and guess what this would be. By artificially narrowing down the possibilities of what moves to make, it meant less computing power and less thought process was needed. The program could play a mediocre game, but for the 1950s this was quite impressive in and of itself. The 1960s led AI research into trying to solve the NP-complete problem. The NP-complete problem is a mathematical problem of how do you solve a conundrum of exponential solutions. Solutions can be verified but not solved, and the query of whether solutions that can be verified can also be solved is still one of the major problems of computer science. Maybe it sounds like it should be simple enough to solve the P versus NP problem, but I'm telling you it's not. There is still a $1 million reward for solving a problem, plus probably a field medal up for grabs too. So this problem was never solved, and by the 1970s, number crunching problems began to catch up to AI researchers. There was always the hope the NP-complete problem would enable AI to stop again with rapid developments, but the problem became intractable. AI research had gone in the wrong direction, trying to solve a problem that was decades away from being solved. Subsequently, the AI field was growing in criticism. By the 1970s, criticism of AI research was at its height. AI was seen as modern-day alchemy. The 1970s and early 1980s began to be seen as AI winter. The study was too difficult and it looked to be in serious decline. Slowly, developments in computing saw other problems begin to look more solvable. The 1980s saw AI grow again, as the dreams were narrowed and heuristics started to be used to solve more simple problems. Logic began to be introduced into AI research as a scheme for knowledge representation in allowing AIs to reason. So limited was the AI that even the simplest of knowledge problems proved too difficult. 
AI couldn't even solve simple contradictions using logic. By the 1990s, and AI techniques involved the use of Bayesian inference. Bayesian inference is simply a posture for updating one's probability for a correct hypothesis, depending on the availability of new information. Something humans are supposed to do all the time, but something you have to teach AIs to do. The new focus on AI using logic was to aim to get AI involved in the complication of dealing with uncertainty. The use of Bayesian inference was an attempt to get AIs to deal with this uncertainty. The importance of this can be seen with the use of self-driving cars, where uncertainty must be dealt with all the time. Bayesian inference argues that the new information must be always factored into any decision making, but that no one dataset can be used as the true source of knowledge. By the mid to late 1990s, and AIs were starting again on a period of mainstream acceptance. As we talked about on the gaming episode a while back, 1997 was the breakthrough year for AIs. Deep Blue, an AI chess system, beat the world champion and arguably the greatest player of all time, Gary Kasparov. The AI industry bubbled away for a decade or so after this victory becoming more and more used and developing slowly in the background as potentially commercially viable. This type of AI slowly moved into the consumer realm. You could buy chess machines from the store. You could play chess against the computer. Corporations started to develop in-house AI and begin looking at a way to implement it. The breakthrough year for AI took place recently. It was in 2014 when there appeared to be a shift in artificial intelligence that made everybody realise the technology was moving forward again. Deep Blue back in 1997 was a huge shift. It was seen as the realisation of AI 30 years of effort in solving all different types of problems in able to beat a chess world champion. But that was only the start. There were far more complex problems now in front of AI. The momentous event this time was almost out of the blue. In 2014, Google bought London-based AI startup company DeepMind for $650 million. The move created almost overnight an industry in and of itself. DeepMind was a company of around 25 people and seemingly with no major breakthroughs. So why was it worth so much? The reason it was bought was for one very simple reason. Machine learning. Machine learning gives AI programs the ability to learn new things of its own volition, without any order to do so. You program the AI to learn from itself and to learn from previous errors or successes. And from new information, these machine learning programs use lots and lots of data to learn. The process of machine learning started back in the 1950s with the idea of neural nets, one of the oldest AI ideas. Inspired by the brain, AIs try to get a linking of computer neurons to mimic the human brain, which has 100 billion neurons. It was in around 2005 when the idea of neural nets started to find itself in vogue again. This time it was going by the name of deep learning. The improvement in computing helped the concept of neural networks improve. A neural network of the 1990s might only have 100 neurons. 
In 2016, it might have been around 100 million. About the same as a B. DeepMind's AI was powerful. Powerful enough to be able to play simple computer games without being taught. It learned how to play them itself. After only a few hundred rounds of playing, not only had the AI learned how to play the game Breakout, it found out the best way to play the game, and the most efficient way to play it too, by drilling a hole down the side of the wall so the ball could get above the wall. You can watch the video of the AI learning the technique in real time on YouTube. The most famous use so far of DeepMind was in beating Lisa Doll, the World Go champion in 2016. In 2015, Go playing programs were far behind that of human players, but it taught itself how to play chess using two different types of neural networks, a value network and policy network. The beating of Go by a machine is one of the pioneering achievements of AI research and probably gave Google back the $650 million it spent buying DeepMind in pure good PR. Deep learning has been enormously successful. Google's best buy after YouTube. Successful enough for AI to start penetrating the real world and being used in consumer-facing products, from the TikTok algorithm to Amazon product suggestions. Machine learning is not the end of AI, but it is the most modern use case we have. Nothing else related has yet broken through. No. But then the problems of AI are that the potential ethical consequences of it are so great that it feels like a bigger concern is less the development of the technology and more about the implications of a technology that will come. In Nick Bostrom's thesis that we talked about, in the nuclear weapons episode. Every invention can be seen as a ball being pulled from a bag. Almost every ball has been a white ball, meaning they are good for humans, but some have at least been grey. We've had a few grey inventions throughout history. Gunpowder springs to mind. Nuclear power could be another. AI may well be seen as one of the greyest balls to date. If not right at this moment, a time when we have driverless cars, flying drone-like cars, and robots taking their kids to school, and sky highways and drones delivering packages autonomously, reporting to the scene of crimes, and whatever other Blade Runner type societies you can imagine, with everything being hosted in the cloud, connected to the internet, and all run by artificial intelligence. All a digital intelligence needs to do is use the power of code to turn all those things against us. AI is an all-encompassing future problem that we can see as coming is not quite here yet, but will be revolutionary. If it goes wrong, everything on Earth can and probably will go wrong. If it goes right, all of humanity can be freed from much drudgery and slavery, as all the boring things in life become automated. Humans can be liberated into allowing us to live our dreams and passions. I am optimistic about technology. Technology can be used badly and used to control others, but in the end, it is almost always liberating. The problem with AI and the coming information revolution is that it is such an advanced step that it represents the biggest change 
in mankind since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution and perhaps since the invention of farming. The downsides are that it could turn much of humanity into serfs, giving humans a supposed good life based on their behaviour and their intelligence, and AI could allow us to freely roam on Earth, and, if we're good citizens, engage in more entertainment and enjoyment, but if we're bad, we have to work menial tasks as punishment in a prison camp. An AI could turn humanity into the type from the Pixar film Wally, where humans live easy lives and comfortable lives on a spaceship above Earth, yet face no challenges and never achieve anything. Because true AI is still, I think, so far off, an independent and competent AI with enough intelligence to act for itself and being able to break the code that put it in place is still a long way away. We think there will be one linear line to this point, there will not be. There will be other developments in cryptography and blockchains that will make AI progress more curvilinear and less of a straight line to general artificial intelligence. All this talk of AI in the future is of course true. ChatGPT has revolutionised businesses in just a year. But we've been living through an era of mild AI anyway. Big data may sound harmless when compared to large language model AIs. Have you ever made a financial decision based on a comparison site? Chosen a university based on rankings? Bought something from an e-commerce website where an advert was targeted at you? We are all living through an era of big data. The smallest tweak in an AI algorithm could impact your whole life. If certain jobs at universities or products become more and more promoted to you via AI, AI slowly gains a greater hold in your life. If you ask an algorithm to make a recommendation for you based off your previous preferences and likes, it could start changing your life, subtly nudging you to make decisions you wouldn't have done. A limited, self-aware big data system within Google could radically alter your life if it indexes searches different based on if it thought, from a benevolent point of view, that it was doing the best thing for you. You're on a date and you watch X film instead of Y film because the AI chose that film for you. The date could go radically different if you chose a Disney film to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We've all noticed this, I think, to some extent. How many have experienced happening to say something you wanted, a new watch or a new laptop, for example, and then you were bombarded by adverts for that very thing? An intelligent AI could know a huge amount about human psychology, enough to nudge you into a new job. The impact of AI on all parts of life could be stunning, and yet little understood. Big data AI services that might be free to use will proliferate, turning you into the customer as AI hoovers up your data and in return offers you trifling free services like free email. If you've ever applied for a credit card, bank loan or checked a credit score, you have been big datated. This data puts you into categories that estimates your life. These can be official credit checkers who are subject to government regulations 
or private companies who hoover up data wherever they can get it and then sell it on. This nefarious use of big data can tell anybody who wants to pay all sorts of things about you that can be used to ascertain any sort of information they want. The possibilities for big data is scary. For democracies, using algorithms to change the opinion of a population is not out of the question. For warfare, the subversive manipulation of entire populations of other countries is a possibility, simply by changing a few algorithms. Imagine if the Chinese Communist Party got control of Google and added in a few choice additions to the algorithm that could boost socialist and communist thought in the West without anybody noticing. That is as brutal and as effective warfare as any nuclear weapon. Big data isn't even as bad as it could get. Superintelligence is a far scarier proposition than the Chinese Communist Party changing an algorithm. Bitcoin is a regulator. Bitcoin operates in a decentralized consensus mechanism known as proof of work. This mechanism requires participants to solve complex mathematical problems, ensuring that changes to the Bitcoin network or the creation of new coins are done transparently and with consensus. Due to its decentralized nature, manipulating or controlling the Bitcoin network requires vast amounts of computational power, and even then, it would be a challenging and resource-intensive endeavor. In this context, even if an AI becomes incredibly advanced, it cannot single-handedly control or dominate the Bitcoin network without the associated computational power. This decentralization inherently acts as a regulating factor against the unchecked growth or influence of any single AI entity. The security of the Bitcoin network relies on cryptographic principles. To hack Bitcoin would require breaking these cryptographic protocols, which, given our current understanding of mathematics and cryptography, is computationally infeasible, even for powerful AI models. The argument goes that no matter how intelligent an AI becomes, it is still bound by the laws of mathematics and physics. Since Bitcoin security is rooted in these laws, AI cannot simply outsmart Bitcoin's cryptographic protections. There's always the potential for breakthroughs in quantum computing, which might pose risks to the cryptographic algorithms that secure many of today's digital systems, including Bitcoin. While hacking Bitcoin directly through cryptographic means might be improbable, an AI could theoretically attempt to manipulate network participants or exploit the non-cryptographic vulnerabilities in software implementations. Beyond the technical aspects, Bitcoin is also a financial ecosystem. An AI with sufficient understanding and influence could potentially disrupt the ecosystem through market manipulations or other economic strategies. Bitcoin's proof-of-work consensus mechanism rewards participants for using their computational power to validate transactions and add new blocks to the blockchain. These miners receive a reward in Bitcoin for every block they mine. As the value of the Bitcoin increases, so does the incentive for miners to join and strengthen the network, making it progressively more secure and resilient against attacks.
be it from human actors or AI. The decentralized architecture of the Bitcoin network makes it highly resistant to centralized control or manipulation. Even a highly sophisticated AI would need to gain control over a majority of the network's mining power to significantly influence the ledger. Given the global distribution and vested interests of miners, achieving such dominance is challenging. An entity attempting to manipulate the Bitcoin network would need to expend significant resources. If an AI sought to control or attack the network, the associated costs would be immense. Moreover, any successful attack or manipulation would erode trust in the Bitcoin network, decreasing its value. This potential devaluation serves as a natural economic disincentive against disruptive behaviours. Bitcoin's design inherently depends on game theory. Miners are incentivized to act honestly because the rewards for doing so typically outweigh potential gains from acting maliciously. For an AI to disrupt this equilibrium, it would need to challenge these established game-theoretic dynamics, which is a tall order given the decentralized consensus and global participation in the network. However, Bitcoin's incentive mechanisms provide robust resistance against many forms of malicious behaviour. There are caveats. As AI continues to evolve, its strategies and capabilities might also change. And AI's approach to disrupting or manipulating a system might not be as straightforward or predictable as human strategies. While direct manipulation of the Bitcoin network might be challenging, an AI could target other parts of the ecosystem such as exchanges, wallets, or even the broader internet infrastructure to indirectly impact Bitcoin's operations. Today, models like GPT-4 and its counterparts and other organizations represent the cutting edge in natural language processing. They can generate human-like text, answer questions, draft content, assist in programming tasks, and even generate creative writing, music, and art to some extent. Deep learning, particularly using neural networks, remains the backbone of many AI breakthroughs. This methodology has found success in image and speech recognition. Natural language processing, and even some forms of decision making. AI models that learn through trial and error, like how humans play and master games, have shown significant promise. AlphaGo from DeepMind defeated world champions in the game of Go, and using similar methodologies have been applied to multiple problem-solving scenarios beyond games. There's growing recognition of the ethical considerations in these AI models. Concerns about bias in the models, privacy implications, and the societal consequences of AI decisions have led to a push for more transparent, fair, and accountable AI systems. Instead of training models from scratch, there's a trend towards models that can adapt their learned knowledge to new tasks with minimal additional training. This approach can be more resource efficient and adapt quickly to new situations. AI has made strides in diagnostics, drug discovery, and personalized medicine. Models can now detect certain medical conditions from imaging data sometimes with accuracy rivaling human experts. 
Advancements in AI have propelled the capabilities of robots from drones. From warehouse robots to more capable household robots, the integration of AI allows for more autonomy and adaptability. Self-driving cars, while not fully realised and integrated into daily traffic, have also made significant progress. Governments and organisations are recognising the need to regulate AI. These discussions range from how to ensure privacy and data rights to considerations about AI in warfare and the potential for autonomous weapons. The potential of AI to automate tasks, both manual and cognitive, has led to debates on the future of work, economic disparities and the need for societal adjustments, including concepts like universal basic income. Deploying AI models on local devices like smartphones rather than centralised services is also gaining traction. This approach can reduce latency, increase privacy and allow AI functionality even without constant internet connectivity. Despite the advancements, AI still has limitations. It lacks general intelligence, struggles with out-the-box thinking, can be data-hungry and sometimes produces unpredictable results. The field recognises these challenges and continues to work on them. Future. The future is big data moving slowly into a superintelligence that either sparks into life and consciousness or moves ever so slowly like a child going through the process of schooling. I've mentioned it before but I think this process is most likely to take place on forms of blockchain technology, allowing a decentralised artificial intelligence to pervade throughout the internet. But this isn't baked in. Any number of developments could occur that changes how AI is developed and what it is used for. The prospect of a general superintelligence is scary and life-changing. How it will be life-changing nobody knows. The first question to ponder is how wide in scope artificial intelligence will be. Will it be able to be kept in a box under wraps, only being called on when needed? I sometimes think of the computer from Star Trek, which is merely a tool used by humans to further their mission. Or will it be a dystopia-style AI that locks us up for our own protection? That turns humans into nothing more than ants and machines as computers take over. Earth would appear to be a planet controlled by silicon lifeforms then, rather than carbon-based lifeforms. There is obviously nothing presupposing that either of these scenarios will occur. Maybe there will be a Terminator-style battle between man and machine for the ultimate control of the planet. But I am a tech optimist, and I think AI will be boxed in more successfully than many think it will be. Clear programming and remakes at AI will be largely beneficial for society. It will remove the drudgery of much of life and liberate people from the mundaneness that modern society is seen to represent. Yet we should remember that this level of AI, of a superintelligence, may be 30 years away and many things can change not to mention the computing AI is based on. If the future AI is based on blockchains,
Previous blockchain technology will already have solved many of the potential problems on employment with the spread of these new monetary forms. If quantum computers are required for artificial intelligence, then the prospects of what this could achieve is mind-boggling. In short, potential problems like AI are far away, but they're getting closer, and predicting the social impacts of it are nearly impossible, as we don't know what type of world we will be living in by then. There is no doubt that AI will be revolutionary, and in many ways it already is. You just need to look at how many teenagers are addicted to TikTok, which to me does nothing YouTube or Vine didn't do before it, except they didn't have ByteDance's machine learning algorithm to get you hooked on the next video. AI will grow more and more into our lives, slowly creeping into every aspect, so subtly that we might not even know when AI hits. But when machine learning was taken away, you would know. AI in all its forms is new and scary, new and exciting, if done well, liberating. But if it goes badly, it could be the end of humanity. I have said before, and not to take away from my own podcast, but this list of 100 inventions is pretty arbitrary. Nobody can say with any confidence if AI is a better or worse invention than any on the list. And because it's so new, and so zeitgeist, there's no real good place to place AI. AI is new and life-changing, and I think it will be better for humanity than worse. But it is a great invention. For all the prospects and promises that have been unfulfilled, humanity finds a way to bear through and to make life better. AI is part of that journey. It might take five years, 50 years, or 100 years, but the AI revolution is coming. And so for that reason, it is listed at number 53 on my list of the greatest inventions of all.